Welcome to episode three of the Descend podcast at Mountain View Community Church. We take the Sunday sermons and descend into the valley of the week to share the love of Christ with those around us. We pray this podcast is an encouragement to you and a reminder of the goodness of God throughout your week. I'm Hannah Carnifix, Communications Director here at Mountain View, and this week we have Pastor Aaron LaDuke and Krista Chaco with us. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Glad you're here. Um, oh, we need to do a fun question. Okay. Okay. Um, I didn't think through this like I should have. So let's think. Do you have a fun question? You well, we can, like do fun question. That, we can do the one that we did at the, uh, the panel. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. first That's of all, everybody should know that there's a yeah. uh, pastor's party next door to us. <laughs> They're having a meeting next door. So if you hear a lot of a lot of noise in the background, that's not our fault. Um, yeah, the fun question was, what is your favorite mm-hmm. gadget? Like, what is yeah. your favorite gadget? Since yes. we're talking about technology. Piece of technology. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. But you have to have a different answer than okay. what you I don't remember what I said. Okay, good. So. I thought someone said their coffee maker. Mm. Oh, that's a good one. And ours is, can be on a timer. Yes. But it is not Wi-Fi connected. So I don't know if that counts as a gadget. Oh, yeah, but yeah. My so. other favorite gadget. Yeah, I mean, you could use your blender. I don't yes. care. Yeah. Any <laughs> kind of, yeah. Any type of. It doesn't have to be digital. Okay. Yeah. But my actual probably other one that I use every day is my smart-ish watch. Okay. Which can tell me periodically when someone is calling. It'll periodically give me notifications. So it does it consistently? It's semi- it consistently tracks my steps. Okay. okay. And then has a very convenient timer. Got it. And that is my watch. Love that. It is a Fitbit. Love that. And I like all the badges that I get. <laughs> <laughs> Go to all the goals. Exactly. Achievement oriented. Achievement oriented. <laughs> Do you have one, Hannah? I feel like I would go with something in the kitchen. Like I enjoy my phone and my computer, but I feel like I would go like the refrigerator. Something really practical. Because oh, okay. mm-hmm. I'm like thinking about all the other things I could get rid of. I wouldn't want to get rid of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And that feels okay. really boring yes. and basic, but that's my answer. I'm sticking with it. I have so many yeah. answers. <laughs> What's the first one that comes to I mind? love all my technology. Well, I do, <laughs> like, I do like the coffee maker. I love technology. I do. Um, I love the coffee maker. I love that it's on a self-timer. So when I wake up in the morning, it's we dead. make it the night before, yeah. which is like no different than making it the day of, yeah. but it you wake up and the and coffee is brilliant. And it smells like coffee. Oh, it's great. Um, my current favorite one, though, is my – I got a new golf watch. What um, does that mean? So it it measures distances for like – to the to the hole that I need to is hit. Is it also swing speed? It it doesn't do swing speed, but it will it will track when I take a shot, uh, and okay. uh, so it somehow detects like when I actually contact the ball. Oh, nice! And um, and then I just tap in which club I used, and so oh, over time it's building it's stats per club. It's a learning me, watch, which is it's been pretty cool. That's that feels like a pro level piece of technology. No, no, no. The pros. See, the pros are the people that can show up with nothing and still, <laughs> and it's just, yeah, yeah, I'm like, this is a crutch. They have me. all their yeah. little gadgets. Though. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And but they have a caddy. That they have a caddy. That's true. Yeah. They have people for that. They have, Gosh, they have yeah. a person. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been enjoying that one. Yeah. yeah. I also think, I, I think I might change my answer because I am going to ask for a Kindle for Christmas mm-hmm. and I'm like the most excited about that. And I yes. think that might be my favorite piece of technology. Oh, but you don't have that yet. I don't have it yet, okay. but I can foresee it being my favorite. So the okay. new favorite. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so clearly we talked about technology this week <laughs> yeah. in our last sermon of the Awake series. So Aaron, will you summarize that for us? Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, we're we're in a wake. We've been talking about the kind of the big things in culture that are that are kind of moving and, and shaping us as people and how we should respond and how do we be faithful in these spaces as Christians. The the text we looked at is Colossians one or sorry, Colossians three, one to four. It says, If if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on this earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so the question I was trying to tackle is like in the in the tech space, what does it look like for us to set our minds to seek the things that are above, to set our minds on the things above? Um, so kind of three big parts to the sermon. The first was um, kind of a broad strokes biblical theology of technology. Um you know, the Bible starts in a garden and ends in a city. And so there's this assumption in the scriptures that, that God's people as sub-creators will develop technology over time to help to create, um, to bring, to carry out kind of the creation mandate, to bring order and abundance, to subdue and bring dominion to the, the world, to the creation. Um, and the, tech, the, the definition I gave of technology in that, in that section is that technology is the image bearing work of reordering God given materials for human purposes. And that feels kind of clunky, but the idea here is that like, the, I, I thought that this was helpful, at least for me, I don't know if it was helpful for anybody else, but for me, because this is part of like being creative and technological is part of being part of bearing God's image. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yet that is limited by what God has provided. Mm-hmm. So he He reigns sovereign over the stuff that we can do. Like we can only create so many shovels mm-hmm. because there, I mean, it seems infinite, but there's, there's actually a, a finite amount of wood and steel mm-hmm. or whatever the fronts of shovels are made of yeah. in the world. Yeah. Right. Well, there's only so many ways to rearrange elements. There's a yeah, but finite we're, number of elements. We're finding out more. And that, you know, that interestingly, that like also that applies to the digital mm-hmm. world too, right? Because we're we're using copper wires and and uh ones and zeros. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it all works, but <laughs> um but we're re- reordering these things for human purposes. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of image bearing, but the the danger is that that can also be be a um a, a work or a craft that leads us to the idol of self. Mm -hmm. So the Tower of Babel is a great example of that. Okay. Then we zoomed in on digital culture. Um, and I just, I talked about kind of three effects that the digital world is having on us. First impatience, like as a result of always getting what we want instantly, we are less patient. Um, we are, uh, disembodied. Like we are more used to, um, being, like interacting with one another apart from physical presence as a result of the digital world. And then uh, the digital world promotes individualism. So it, it, it technology, digital technology, especially gives us the idea that we are the center of the universe, that we are the most important things. Um, and for me, as I was studying through this, one of the, the big interesting things was all of these changes that are happening to us through digital technology are not a result of the content, but a result of the form Mm -hmm. of, of the internet, of the digital world. Um, and then the question is, how do we, 
if that's all happening to us, how do we set our minds on the things above? So talk through some practical stuff that we're going to talk through, I think, today in more detail, some practical steps that we can take. Um, and uh, and then ended with the idea that like e even the technology of the cross um, was something that God used for for his glory and for our joy. So it's a very broad strokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. You can listen to it. I can. Not yeah, you. Sure can. <laughs> Our listeners yeah. can listen yeah. to it. Yeah. If you missed it. Um, also, more backstory. Krista. Yes. Tell us why you're here today. What is your role yes. in the technology world and what yeah. are your expertise? So I am a former technology consultant. Mm -hmm. um, and so for 10 years, I helped clients build websites. I tested a lot of websites. Um, they were mostly internal. Um, but then when my when I switched to a company that built mobile apps, uh, most of our apps were outward facing. So customers, so business to business, um, consumer to business apps. Yeah. And so that's why I'm here. All the technology things. Yes. I love it. That's the best. Okay, cool. I feel like this is a, I don't know, just all of these three sermons in the Awake series are big topics, which yeah. is why we're talking yeah. about them. But technology specifically, and maybe it's because I'm a millennial and it feels like it's everywhere, but... I feel like this is such a hard topic to think through what it should look like, especially in the body of Christ. So I'm excited to talk through it a little yeah. bit more today. Um, so what did it do specifically this week for you guys? Like, how are you meditating on technology? Have we thought through practical steps of what life should look like in light of the sermon and the panel? What are our thoughts? I think... Technology is so sneaky. Mm -hmm. And so the last several weeks, probably once a year, I end up reading a book about technology, which feels a little funny because you're reading about technology. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, so I, I think there's a reordering that takes place in our family every fall. And so we get into new school rhythms, new habits. By the end of October, those routines are pretty established. And so there's been a lot of just thinking through how we are functioning as a family and then how technology, specifically phones, mm -hmm. um, comes into that, especially in our house. But just kind of being more mindful of that. Um, and so the sermon kind of came at a really good time in terms of being kind of giving us the language of what are the things that we are setting our minds on? How are we helping our kids? What are they setting their minds on? Um, and then kind of how do we, what are some boundaries that we need to set? Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's a lot of like, just where like checking my heart and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. um, because I do, like I'm fascinated by technology. Like I, I watch keynotes from, you know, tech companies. Yeah, I watch, <laughs> yeah, Steve Jobs keynotes and not anymore. Uh, rest in yes. peace. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, like I read the app updates mm -hmm. when an app gets updated on my phone. Like I want to know what they've changed. Amazing. I also um, do, too. <laughs> so like yes. I, it, which can very quickly lead to this, um, like, uh, I, in a sense, idolatry. Where mm -hmm. It's just like this is this is my world and, mm -hmm. and this is where I'm finding joy and interest and satisfaction. And and so for me, it's been that kind of realignment of my heart. Like, Yeah. How do I how do I make sure that I'm I'm putting it in its proper place yeah. uh, in my life? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. When we talk about technology, I know it can encompass 
all the kitchen gadgets, all of the things in your home that are smart, whatever. <laughs> but what are y'all's mind? Is is thinking about technology primarily your phone? Like, what does that look like for both of you? If you're talking about setting boundaries mm -hmm. for something, is it only phones? Is it turning off all technology? Like what is what specifically does that mean? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a far broader category than we use. Yeah. Like in in the common speech. Mm -hmm. Most people I think when they think technology think anything with a screen. Yeah. Is one way I've thought about it. Mm -hmm. Um <clears throat> but it's it's important to note that like that idea of the formative power of technology applies to all sorts of things. Yeah. So when on equip day in in um in the class I did on parenting and technology, one of the one of the illustrations I use all the time is the thermostat. Mm -hmm. Like this is yeah. a it's a it's a simple piece of technology that everybody has in their right. home that makes things easier for you. Mm -hmm. And like if you didn't have a thermostat, you'd have to be outside chopping down trees, mm -hmm. you know, figuring out how to build a fire in your home that doesn't burn your home. That's down. how I grew up. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, with a wood burner in our basement. That's incredible. Our thermostat was how wide and how uh, wide how wide open the doors were. That's incredible. And that was the Amazing. thermostat. Okay. There was an electric backup my mom was So say. that's a great example because yes. you you grew up in a world that like in the effort to heat your home you were formed yeah. mm -hmm. to be a, a you know I, I use the examples of wisdom and courage right like you have to know how to chop down a tree yeah. which I don't know how to do Well and we didn't do the chopping we right. but, it was but we yeah. did all the throwing into the basement yeah. Yes sure yeah you have to know how but to start a fire you know the fire know, like, it's all of this stuff mm -hmm. is is real management and it's changing you like it's yeah. creating in you these kinds of habits and I'm certainly not saying that we should get rid of our Mm -hmm. thermostats no. i love my thermostat my parents switched to gas <laughs> good but being aware yes. of what that's doing to you um i think is pretty important mm -hmm. um and i i feel like i've digressed from your question no, but no. i think being aware if technology is oh. anything that makes our lives easier mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you can think back like oh i used to have to look at an actual map yeah or have it memorized in my brain, which is how I operated until I moved to Chicago. Mm -hmm. I had maps memorized in my brain as to how to get around and landmarks. Yeah. That's how I navigated yeah. my how childhood. Many, how many phone numbers do you currently have memorized? For me, it's like maybe four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I used to know five like... Or does my dad's business easier. count? Because they had three. Yeah. And I had all of those memorized. Know, but, um, but like that kind of thing where yeah. it's like we're... How we navigated the world is way different. Whereas now, even I made a... Men I mentally chose when we moved to Fort Collins that if I, if at all possible, I was going to navigate it by memory as soon as possible mm. so that I would actually know and the kind of the feel of the city. And as soon as I have to go deliver a meal to someone's house, I'm like, well, here we go. Yeah. Google Maps. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 I just think it's it's interesting to think about. I never once am like my thermostat is shaping my character or yeah. the way I mm -hmm. feel about things or view things. And I know it definitely is, which I'm so glad that you talked about form instead of content mm -hmm. in the sermon, because I think it's something that we should stop and think about. But whenever I think about technology and either boundaries I need to put in place or things that are really impacting my time or my mm -hmm. relationships it's always my phone or my computer yeah yeah those and those are the, are the those are the most pervasive for sure but the question you want to be asking yeah. yourself is like what is this doing to me yeah and is that what I want right 
Because if it's not, then you have to, in all of these spaces, like maybe you do need to learn how to go chop down a tree, mm -hmm. like to, mm -hmm. to have that kind of courage or wisdom. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, what is this doing to me? And if, if it's that the, the answer isn't necessarily to get rid of the technology. The answer is to seek experiences mm -hmm. that, that help you to live out your image bearing and mm -hmm. to be formed in, yeah. in Christ-like mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. 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 It's good. Okay. Let's tackle the big social media point. So I feel like this is a huge one for everybody. Yeah. Um, so what should, or for you guys, what do boundaries look like for social media and how do we show people Jesus on these platforms? Clearly using all caps <laughs> yeah. all the time is how we, Being we show the love really of Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Stating our opinions as loud as we possibly yeah, right. can. Um, social. So, Facebook. And maybe just talk about yeah. what you guys use yeah. too and what social media looks like in your own lives. Yeah. And Facebook, it's funny, has been this evolution because it came out when I was in college. Mm. Um, and so you had to have, originally you had to be on a specific campus mm -hmm. to get it. And then it opened it up to anyone with a .edu address. I did could not get, even know that. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. The early days of Facebook. Yeah. And so it actually felt like, oh, man, like. We had like, this is for college students. Uh -huh. Like, this is awesome. It's our place. And you cannot yeah. get in if you don't have a .edu. And I remember feeling annoyed when high schoolers and then mm -hmm. other people could get my in. My parents. Anyone. <laughs> my parents were very slow adapters. Um, but just kind of this idea of like the high schoolers could get back, yeah. get in. Because mm -hmm. as a college student, you're like, we have left high school yep. behind. Um, and then I was a slow adapter to Instagram, mm. but, and so anyways, seen and then just have chosen to stay off of the other So you have, social you, media. you use Facebook and Instagram? I, I mean, you have those. I videos. have Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And then in theory, I had Snapchat, but did not like it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and didn't find it, find it useful for what I was doing in life. Yeah. Um, other people do. This is not a judgment <laughs> on them. Um, but also recognizing that. So Stuart, one thing we have talked a lot about in between my husband and I books reading is in some ways, the only way to know you're stewarding something well is to be very, very clear about where that is going. So for our money being very, very, we need to know exactly where every dollar goes mm -hmm. or to know that we're stewarding it well. And so similarly with, social media and technology or social media in particular um being very very i've had to be very very aware of the amount of time i've spent on it mm -hmm. and so several years ago um i just put limits on my apps and so they turn off yeah. after a certain amount of time i don't have messenger What's your daily limit for instagram say uh 15 minutes okay. mm -hmm. yeah. it's fast how fast that goes it's yeah. crazy also yeah. i think they have a running clock so period like you don't have sometimes i think time runs off in the background yeah mm. um, which is probably okay which yeah. is okay yes you're like if you're gonna fair if you're gonna lean one way or the other you should err on the side of using it less mm -hmm. um and so i have a time limit i can push past that limit if i need to or want to for some reason yeah. um the other thing though is i remember feeling kind of what you talked about that disembodiment with facebook all of a sudden being like i have a thousand friends mm -hmm. 
I don't actually have a thousand friends. <laughs> and actually my birthday became very overwhelming mm. because I felt like I had to reply to all, several oh. very distant acquaintances yeah. who were like, happy birthday. And I'm like, do I, have to, do I have to say thank you 85 times? Because yeah. that feels overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and so I have taken my birthday off. Yeah. Um, not because I don't want people to know how old I am, but because I don't want to be wished happy birthday yeah. that many times. By, and then also um, just kind of slowly letting people go, mm -hmm. <laughs> which sounds really funny on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, and so Instagram, because of its personal nature and i share a lot of photos with our families who don't live near here um i also only i have the my followers are people who i actually talk to mm -hmm. or who are like family friends yeah um who i feel like it's relevant for them to see pictures of our family yeah where so i'm a lot more i've kept that gate a lot more secure yeah for that regard, especially then if we're posting pictures of cousins and things, just to be very sensitive yeah. to how images yeah. are out there. For sure. Yeah. For sure. What about you, Aaron? I have, um, I, don't, I, I was early Facebook. I mean, I remember the .edu. I think I might have been like the beta for my campus. I, you guys got it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it early. Um, I don't use, I've deactivated my Facebook um, because I just never used it and didn't didn't want it anymore i'm still in the facebook you know cinematic universe because i'm on instagram which yeah. is all owned mm -hmm. by the same people um so i do have i have an instagram that i never check um and i have a pretty limited <clears throat> um list of people that i follow and a pretty limited list of people that i let follow mm -hmm. me i don't really ever post on there basically i have instagram for when carla posts pictures of my family mm -hmm. so yes. like i can be like oh yeah there's a there's a good picture you know or when she yeah. when she's yeah. interacting with our kids when i'm yes. at work or away or something so i see that so and then um you know my my main social media engagement is on twitter mm -hmm. uh, or x, x now um and uh i don't i don't post hardly at all but it is it is one of the main sources that i have for kind of news and uh, a lot of christian encouragement so which leads me to like some of my principles mm -hmm. i have a few personal principles certainly limiting time is is helpful um there's three principles that that i kind of live by one is i only scroll up and i try not to scroll down so i i you know a lot of these apps will leave instagram doesn't do this but twitter does okay. when you reopen uh, x it will be where you left off mm -hmm. and you can scroll upwards mm -hmm. until the top of your timeline mm -hmm. because if you're scrolling uh, down yeah. you it never ends it never right? ends. but there yeah, actually yeah. is an end yep and uh, if i've you know been away from it for a couple of days i'll just i'll scroll a little bit and then click to the top and mm -hmm. and call it a day mm -hmm. um but that's been healthy for me at least um i <clears throat> never oh i i try to you know any internet account i make i try to not make it I try to make it clear who I really am mm -hmm. in real life. So I use my real name as my profile name. Um, I I link to, you know, I, I put something in my bio about who I truly am, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. I work, mm -hmm. stuff like that. Because I think that that level of um, vulnerability actually requires me to be a different kind yes. of person that yeah. I that I than I might be otherwise. I might be tempted to be, you know, more mean or or whatever, um, or make jokes that I you know know that I shouldn't mm -hmm. make or whatever. Um, 
And then, uh, and then my, my third strategy, which is one that I, I think I read an article a long time ago, uh, back when I was, before I was even on Twitter, I think it was for Facebook is when Facebook released the, um, following and unfollowing feature. I think that was actually a pretty positive change because it allowed me to, um, my goal is a lot of signal and very little noise. So on any social media, you can be following a bunch of people that, um, and and you might have reasons to be following, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's like a, a family friend Mm -hmm. or somebody that you, you do actually want to have access to, but you don't want to see their daily, you know, angry rants or you don't want to see their like, you know, weekly cat videos Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so you can unfollow that person and still kind of stay connected to the network. So my goal has always been high signal, low noise. So I'm really quick to unfollow people. And so my Twitter feed is like, there's a couple of news organizations, there's a couple of comedians, Mm -hmm. and then it's, it's largely like Christian men and women that are, that are like gospel centered Mm -hmm. that, when I go through Twitter, it actually is encouraging to me yeah. Yeah. because I'm, I'm spurred on to love Christ more, I think. Yeah. 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 Well, and so much of social media can be that disembodiedness mm-hmm. and like the social aspect, that was even something, it's, it is comical to me where you find it because you can find it on Venmo. You can see like social being anytime you see what other people are doing yeah. and the ability to comment and the ability to like or to mm-hmm. share what you're doing, but it's very much disembodied. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Hannah? Do you have, I mean, you do use social media a lot, even for your job? Yeah. What's yeah. your, do you have practices personally or? Um, I primarily use Instagram and not Facebook because Facebook is more so like extended family that I post pictures mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. once a year. Kind the of biggest thing. growing demographic on Instagram is like women over the age of 60. Yeah. I don't know if that's true anymore, but it was yeah. a few years ago. Well, yeah. I feel like probably just women in general, like mm-hmm. 25 plus, because there's so many different resources out there that, I mean, are good, but it's yeah. also so much information. Yeah. So I feel like, especially the last like six months, I've had to really take a step back. I would just scroll some or click through people's stories Mm -hmm. and then get off. Mm -hmm. But I have noticed, we were talking about this the other day, I have noticed I will open my phone and my thumb will just automatically go to my folder where Instagram is Uh and I'll click on it and it'll pop up. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to be looking you at Instagram right now. Yeah. yeah. Just I've, like physically move the app on yeah. your screen. I will, will move like, my apps around. Yeah. It will and force you to, to think. Yeah. Which I, I've done before, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, I, I don't care about being on Instagram. Like, yeah. why is my thumb automatically uh-huh. going here? Mm-hmm. And even the information on it, I think some of it is really helpful being pregnant. There's been lots of cool stuff that I'm like, I didn't even know this was a thing, you mm-hmm. know, but it's also information overload. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've had to really put boundaries in place of if I'm at home just sitting, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to mm-hmm. find other things to do with my time because I I know that it's not like filling me in any way, mm-hmm. Instagram, and I'm just scrolling for the sake of scrolling. So mm-hmm. I think it's been good. And it's stuff that like I've known for the last five years that scrolling through whatever on yes. social media is not yep. beneficial in any way. But I think in every season, it probably looks different depending on what your time looks like mm-hmm. and how, you, how you're how you looking to fill it. Yeah. So yep. having to constantly reevaluate, is this, in, because it's such a time waster without you even realizing, mm-hmm. like, like you guys said. So 
how does that look in different seasons and how do we constantly adjust yeah. what yeah. any form of social media looks like yeah. on a regular mm-hmm. basis? And maybe one other thing I'd say is like, if you can't be on social media in a way that you would be in real life, yeah. like if you can't be, mm-hmm. uh, the, if you can't have the aroma of Christ, mm-hmm. in other words, in social media, you should delete it. You should remove your yeah. profile. You should just get rid yeah. of it. Like yeah. it's not worth it's not worth it. And the payoff is very small, yep. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And when I think I, a lot of people in our body don't have social media. I think that's true. Yeah. So yeah. I think this probably is a discussion that they're like, that doesn't even apply to me. But yeah. I do think it's, it can be a way that we challenge friends and we challenge our kids and we challenge a bunch mm-hmm. of different people. Yeah. Yeah. Not just ourselves too. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. You're going to say something. Um, I think that, yeah, I feel like a good heart check for me has been if I feel kind of that like rising like anxiety mm-hmm. in my own heart about whether it's like a news or what's going on, like or what someone is posting. When I feel that, I need to just be very wise of what I'm intaking mm-hmm. and how I'm intaking it. Yeah. And so, yep. yeah. and then deleting, removing things. Mm-hmm. Well, for you guys specifically, whenever you feel like technology in general screens whatever is getting to be too much what do you either fill your time with instead of technology or how do you what's kind of like the internal trigger you just talked about Mm -hmm. the anxiety piece but are there other things that you're like this is a red flag i need to take a step back yeah i think one of the best things you can do is i mean i there are there are common grace things in my life Mm -hmm. like reading a, a novel that i love golfing um i'm not i'm not a big hiker but i know that like nature would be a big thing for a lot of people so you know Mm -hmm. even just a walk around the neighborhood for me yeah um but those i those i think are even cheap imitations of like the spiritual disciplines Mm -hmm. of like time in the word and prayer and sabbath and solitude and silence and all that stuff so um certainly trying to fill yeah I, i was just talking to to mark about this like it's very hard to just stop doing mm-hmm. something um it's it's that's not how we're we're wired yeah. mm-hmm. um, our our affections need to be filled with something and so if our hearts are kind of <clears throat> drawn to technology rather than just cutting that off it just leaves a vacuum mm-hmm. you know um and so we want to fill that space with something that that brings honor to christ and and good to our souls yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah even I have tried to get in the habit of calling friends rather than just texting them. I've started FaceTiming people out of the blue. It's amazing. And it is very invasive. Yes. That, <laughs> but I love it. Yes. Well, this and a lot of times it's funny as I actually schedule them. You know, I'll try to schedule. Yeah. And there's a few friends who I just will. I just know that they're up for any time chats. And so as I walk the dog or something, um, call a friend rather than just texting because yeah. it's just that extra piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even better is going for a walk with a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which sure. I do. And so, yeah, I think the closer you can get to the actual people, yeah. the more we, that's what we are created for. And yeah. then the more we can get to the actual kind of stillness before the Lord, that's also what we were made for. Mm-hmm. And so rather than like a fake stillness where we're still really restless. Yeah. And I think that plays perfectly until you mentioned Sabbath and we talked Mm -hmm. about that on Sunday. And I feel like that is becoming increasingly more important Mm -hmm. in our culture. Mm -hmm. And so few people 
do it on a regular basis. So what does Sabbath look like for you guys and your families and how does technology play into that? We've been talking about this a lot as a family because I've felt that we need it mm-hmm. for a while, but it's very difficult with, we have five kids, kids, and they're all over the place right now. You know, yeah. one high schooler, one middle schooler and, and three in elementary. It's like, it's a lot. <clears throat> and so like finding space for us to just rest and be quiet and be together um, is challenging, but we're, we're, we're talking about implementing ways that we can do that. Um, and even last night, Carla and I were talking with some friends about, I mean, it would be a huge positive benefit for our family if, you know, from 6 to 8 p.m., we just both turned off our phones Mm -hmm. and we were just together as a family for whoever's around Mm -hmm. that night. I mean, we have kids sometimes that are here and there, but um, just even the daily rhythm of like kind of a mini Sabbath, I think Mm -hmm. would be really helpful for me. I try to I try to do it most mornings, you know, I'll I'll put on do not disturb on Mm -hmm. on my phone and all my apps and just um, try to focus on the things I need to do that day and pray and, and get prepped for, for my work day. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. a little different. Yeah. I actually wanted, because we have three kids almost in school full time, yeah. the evenings are becoming more and more precious. Mm-hmm. And so I've started, I, because you can schedule it all, which is the, the hack. That's the technology hack that makes my life easier, um, is I schedule all the do not disturbs. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably going to add it. And then be very wise about who, like, my trusted people are. There's certain people who, if they call, I need to yeah. know why they're mm-hmm. calling. Yeah. Um, and so not to miss that. But then also just to not have my day constantly interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but it is now my phone is in Do Not Disturb, which I was a little disappointed. I wanted it more locked down because I can still disturb myself, right? which is half the, more than half the problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I at least am not getting... <laughs> A buzz or a ding with text messages. and. I have an app on my phone that I paid for a number of years ago that that locks me out Mm -hmm. from it. So it can shut down the Internet altogether. You can lock yourself out of certain apps or certain websites or whatever. And that's been really positive for me. I mean, just knowing that, like, there's times Mm -hmm. I – don't have the self-control to do yeah. what I need to do. Uh, yep. Um, there are apps out there. The one I use is called Freedom, um, and it's mm-hmm. been it's been really positive. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I feel like it's helpful if you're not doing any sort of Sabbath to start small, like you're talking about. Like pick a six to eight p.m. window, mm-hmm. or even a thirty-minute window to start off with, because I yeah. think sometimes saying all day Sunday is going to be my Sabbath feels really overwhelming when you're going into the week and you feel like there's a lot to do and your kids are running around everywhere. So starting with the here's small chunks of time Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be intentional to set apart feels really practical. Yeah, And there's freedom in Christ in that. Like Mm we, we're talking about doing, you know, Friday afternoon when the kids get done with school until noon on Saturday. Like we can't do Sundays as a family because it's a work day for me. So, Mm um, so it just, there's freedom to kind of mm-hmm. figure out what works best for your family. And yeah, I think shooting for the moon of 24 hours yeah. once a week can sometimes be mm-hmm. difficult. But yeah. when you do six, you might be like, oh, I could probably do eight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then you creep up and mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. That's how goals are. The yep. best goals are broken down into incremental achievable chunks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This last one, I feel like Let's talk about very briefly, because I feel like this could be the biggest one, especially for a lot of people in our body, but kids and technology. Um, So for you guys, and we can 
give people resources, Krista, mm-hmm. if you have some of your books that you've read and stuff yeah. that could be helpful. But for you guys, what do you feel like is the extent that you should be involved in your kids' technology and know what they're looking at and know what's relevant in culture to be able to shepherd them well? Do you want to start? I have a lot of strong opinions about this. One thing, so uh, Phil, Neil, and I taught an Equip Day class about just how technology is developed and kind of how they make it, how, why it's so easy for us to just keep coming back Mm to websites and apps and whatnot. Um, And it's funny because he was sharing his kids are a lot older than ours. And so he's in a different stage of parenting when it comes to technology. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's kind of like, yeah, our kids are like learning to fly, leaving the house. There's not much more, you know, we can still kind of, we still have input, but it's a different input than when they're little. Mm -hmm. And so, but right now when I was like, our kids, you should know everything Mm -hmm. that your kids are doing. Yeah. I think you should know everything your kids are doing mm-hmm. as long as you possibly can. <laughs> yes. And I and I actually extend that to spouses as well. Yeah. Like I think that like Carla has, you know, she should know the way to unlock. She doesn't know all my passwords because I don't know all my passwords, mm-hmm. but she knows the code to unlock all my passwords. Yeah. You know? yeah. She knows how to see everything. If she grabs my phone, she has full access and that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more so with your kids because they don't have the level of self-control or discernment mm-hmm. that, that you do as adults. Yeah. So yeah, you should absolutely know every, and, and that should be made clear to mm-hmm. them. Like yeah. I know everything about what you do. Um, and it's hard because at times there's a certain point at which kids start to outpace parents in terms mm-hmm. of their understanding of technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to start, I think, which might be discouraging to some people who didn't, but you, you it's most helpful to start very young. Mm-hmm. I also think that um, the goal should be to limit as much as possible, as long as possible. Um, one of the books I'll recommend is Andy Crouch's TechWise Family. Um, especially for parents of younger kids, it's a great way to think about some core principles for how you do it. And one of his rules is no screens until double digits, nice. which feels like an unattainable goal, I think, to for a lot own. of parents. Like, no. Or to watch. <clears throat> like, Viewing. Viewing. Yeah. So like I think most of his goal was for most of his kids, like they're not viewing screens yeah. until they're older than 10, mm-hmm. um, which feels crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been crazy 50 years ago. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And what is that doing to your kids? You know, yeah. and there's all sorts of data to show that it's it's really, really uh, negative mm-hmm. um, overall. Um, social media is probably worse than most mm-hmm. um, most pieces of technology. Uh, in in its formative effects on kids, and mm-hmm. so even that, you know. But but I'd, I'd wait as you know even longer. But so our kids, you know, we have three kids that are uh, 11, 13, and fifteen. They have cheap old iPhones mm-hmm. um, that are really locked down. Um, so they are basically dumb phones. It's like mm-hmm. there's no internet access. There's no app. They can't install apps. They can't look on the app store. Um, they can text they can call and they can listen to music um and we found that to be like they're fine Mm -hmm. like i do think there's a point at which you need to communicate with your kids you know because they're off places and there's some health in them communicating with one another Mm -hmm. but my kids know that like when they put their phones away at night i might read through all of their text messages Mm -hmm. because i 
that's my job yeah. right now to make sure yeah. that they're in these spaces. And and we, and it's led to some like really helpful conversations mm-hmm. where kids like were maybe afraid to ask something that I was able to just go, hey, I saw you having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, can we talk about that? And it's yeah. been it's been really good. Well, and I think this is the aspect. Technology is a tool, mm-hmm. but it's also phones are like giving your kid like a power saw. Mm-hmm. Like no one would mm-hmm. should give a small child a power saw mm-hmm. with the safety off mm-hmm. or you like yeah. I mean there's because there's so much and it's not like they could do physical harm to themselves with a mm-hmm. phone but they can drop it <laughs> um but the access they have to a world that part of it's good yeah but part of it is seeking to destroy them mm-hmm. And I also the majority the of majority it is. is seeking to destroy them. And the other thing is, I mean, Jesus talks about how nothing that is done in the dark will not be brought to the light. Mm. Yet, so much of what's on the internet operates in the dark. Yes. Anonymity. And in yep. Mm-hmm. And but you are found out. Yeah. You eventually will be found out. If you're not found out, this side of heaven, the Lord knows. Mm-hmm. And our kids need to also learn that. Like that is an aspect of their character that has to be mm-hmm. known of like you are not, you might think you are doing this completely anonymously and that no one would ever know. And maybe that's true. And that might be true. Yeah. But the truth does come out. And if nothing else, you're accountable to the Lord. Yeah, for sure. If for nothing else, I mean, that's. Which above all else. Yeah, yeah, above all else, yes. Yeah, but yeah. for non-believers, yeah. for non-believers, there's like yeah. an aspect of you, they think this like little lie, this, it all comes tumbling out at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Do you think you can talk about your technology use or your kids' technology use too much with your children? Well, you you probably can. And there's probably areas of like legalism and mm-hmm. and brokenness and fear that can invade. I do think that, you know, one of the helpful paradigms, I, I, this might be like Paul David Tripp or somebody about parenting. He talks about, you know, at, at the beginning you're in, in kind of like just the kind of like leadership role mm-hmm. of your kids. But mm-hmm. at a certain point you have to transition into this co- coaching role yeah. where it's like, you've got to let them kind of go out and do their own things. And and if you, you can't lock it down until they're like, there's danger in locking it down until right. they're 18 and then just mm-hmm. they're yeah. out able to do whatever they want, you yeah. know? So there does have to be a point where, um, you're, um, yeah, you're, you're allowing them the chance to make mistakes kind of yep. with you in their life. Um, I, yeah. So I think theoretically you can talk too much about it. I don't think anybody is at risk of that though. Yeah. I yeah. I think that, and, and even like for my boys early on, I'm talking like, you know, nine and 10, mm-hmm. I'm not explaining what pornography is, yeah. but I'm, I'm saying, Hey, there's a lot of stuff on the internet that is dark mm-hmm. and that is not honoring to God, you know? And now our older kids are old enough for them to know mm-hmm. maybe more explicitly yeah. what that, what I meant by that. But early on, I'm saying like, you, you must be very careful, mm-hmm. you know, in this world. It's, yeah. it's alluring. It's, it's um, mm-hmm. exciting. It feels glamorous, but it's dark. Yeah. And there's real darkness here that we have to be aware of. Yeah. Uh, James Baldwin has this fun quote. Um, and I actually didn't read it in one, in his book, but someone quoted him. But the idea that kids never listen to their parents but they never fail to not imitate them. Mm. And so I think you can, if you are especially talking about technology 
and how you are living is very different. So if you're talking about, hey, we need to limit our screen time and you're like always on your phone, on your, it's on your phone. if you're always on your computer, if the TV is always on, um, if you're talking about limits and you are lim living limitlessly, yeah. at some point that's going to, the kids are going to mimic you. Mm -hmm. They're going to imitate you. But we, I just had a conversation with Joshua because we have Sports Illustrated that comes and he wanted to read it. And I was like, I need to go through this mm -hmm. because I was like, it's probably like it's n there's not bad language in Sports Illustrated, yeah. but there's ads. Mm -hmm. And some of the articles are not are PG-13 in their content, not like mm -hmm. violence, but there is things that I don't want him to read mm -hmm. without one of us. Yeah. Um, and there's ads that are not honoring and glorifying to the things of the Lord. Um, and so. He's not allowed to read it or look through, even though he loves sports, until we go through yeah. it together. Yeah, that's good. So many good things. As we wrap up, any final thoughts, things that you want people to think about? Anything like that? I mean, I would just say that uh, there's a there's a obviously there's a huge conversation here yeah. in terms of our hearts, and there's a huge opportunity, I think, for the people of God to be different, mm -hmm. uh, to be set apart. Uh, for the glory of Christ. And so yeah, probably one of the best things you can do is sit down with people that know you and love you and talk through this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, technology tends to isolate. Yeah. Um, and so we don't, we don't discuss this. So like talk with your life group, talk, talk with your family, talk with your friends about what's happening in your life and what you, mm -hmm. what do you want? Like, mm -hmm. what do you want your life to be like in regards yeah. to technology? I think that's probably the best thing you yeah. can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. And there is an aspect, if you're going to, if you're worried about your diet, the best thing you can do is keep a food journal. And if you're worried about how you're spending your money, the best thing is to switch to envelopes in the Dave Ramsey model. And I think with technology, looking at, you can, with Android and Apple, you can look at how much time you are actually spending on your phone and saying, what is a reasonable amount of time? Mm -hmm. And reasonable for me might be different than Aaron, which is different than my husband. Mm -hmm. And then especially couples need to have a conversation about what, how they're going to handle that yeah. yep. between the two of them, yep. um, and then external with family. But I think I, I hope that it's like not a spirit of condemnation, mm -hmm. but a spirit of just we need to set our mind on things above, and what if we don't want to cause someone else to stumble, mm -hmm. but also what someone else's limit might be different than ours, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's yep. so much freedom in this, yeah. but kind of like. Philippians 4, it's like, what are you thinking about? Are they true? Are they noble? Are they honor? Are they pure? Mm -hmm. Are they like bringing glory to God? Like, are we like, can we rejoice in all the things? Yeah. Um, and kind of if those answers are checking off, like then like mm -hmm. let's kind of like with freedom and joy, like yeah. let's have these conversations, joyfully setting limits, which is a really funny thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. So many things we could keep talking about, but thank you both for resources. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah, resources. Yeah. Krista, what are some books that you've read every year? I mean, so it is that is really funny. Um, the Techwise family is really good. He talks about technology overall. Um, there's another one, and actually, what is funny is a lot of these authors now are interviewed on podcasts. So if you don't want to read a whole book, mm -hmm. Can we can you can find their interviews yeah. and they give a really good overview yeah. um justin whitman whitcomb early has one called the common rule and he talks about how he was really anxious mm. 
and then kind of this is just the rules that he set up kind of like what you talked about like your own spirit like your own personal guidelines um and that's called the common rule um and the other one is it's not a new book and so some of it's a little dated but tony Rinke talks about i think it's 11 ways your phone 12, 12 ways mm-hmm. I was like, it wasn't a perfect number, but 12 ways your phone is changing you. It's yeah. very divisible. Yes, it is divisible. <laughs> very fractionable. Yeah. Um, but there are lots of, especially for moms with kids, the Risen Motherhood did a podcast series with social media mm. about a year ago. And so if you just like search Risen Motherhood and social media, that was really helpful for me okay. when learning about dopamine and social media and thinking through, should I post this picture of my kids? They have a whole discussion around that. Tony Rinke has one other that's more recent. God, it's like he God's does. technology and the Christian life, I yes, think. Yes, he does. Uh, which is maybe a broader view yeah. of technology in general, and it's really great. Okay. And we'll post our um, – we can post some of our Equip Day resources, mm-hmm. and we also have the panel that will be uploaded too, so people can mm-hmm. think about specific questions yep. that were talked about on the panel. So Great. Yes. Cool. Thank you Thanks. all. Thanks, Thanks Anna. Anna. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Descend Podcast. Be sure to check back in a couple weeks for a new episode. Have a great week.